0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge,
1: Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Here's a subject most all of us tend to put off, and that's comprehensive planning for retirement. So how many years do you and your spouse have left until you plan to retire? What is the size of your retirement portfolio today? How much do you estimate you will need to retire comfortably and in style, and when you and your spouse decide to do so, and when you pass away, how do you plan to distribute your remaining assets? Whatever you answered, uh, or whatever your current age, there is no time like now to begin planning for retirement, and Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor Roger Allen Friedman is here to help roger has prepared a special report titled the beneficiary minefield 19 retirement mistakes you must avoid and this special report is a must read for every one of you with an ira or other type of retirement account and roger's special report is chock full of information to consider before you retire mistakes to avoid before you make them read it study it and become educated on this crucial topic for a carefree retirement future. You can order Roger Friedman's extremely helpful report online at RogeronRetirement dot com slash shop. That's R O D G E R on Retirement dot com slash shop. Check it out today. Hello and welcome to middle age can be your best age. Now that it's autumn most of us are back working full time at the job. So today we're launching a series of programs on recharging your career or perhaps trying something new at middle age. And you know, in today's unsettled times, almost no job can be considered totally secure. Seems like each day brings the announcement of layoffs. One day, it's thousands laid off by, of all companies, Walmart. The next day, Foxconn, the world's largest electronic equipment manufacturer, lays off 60,000. Who knows next? The robots may be coming for your job. And even if you are secure, so many of us are less than fully satisfied with the jobs we hold today. Are you bored, stressed out, dead-ended, dreading your return to work each Monday morning? For many folks, perhaps including you, the best insurance against layoffs or a stressful and unfulfilling job is to inventory your talents and consider starting your own business or launching a career as an independent paid consultant. And here's an even crazier idea. Maybe you were fortunate enough to retire early, but now you find yourself either lonely or bored to tears, and you'd love to get back into the world of commerce by launching a new business. And sadly, I can almost hear the excuses now. I'd love to be my own boss, but I'm way too old. I only wish I'd started a business in my 30s. Or I dream about becoming a world-class entrepreneur, but I don't like the uncertainty of a fluctuating monthly income, and what if some months I don't make enough to pay my bills? Or a third excuse, conceptually, I love the idea of starting my own business, but I dread all the details, filing paperwork, hiring staff, obtaining financing, so I'd rather stick to doing what I'm doing now, working for someone else. Well, my guest today, William Hobie Smith, is here to share ideas that can result in enormous payoffs for those who start their own businesses. And he uh, contends that while the stakes are high, being an entrepreneur can be life-changing at any age. And Hobie uh, speaks from experience because he started a business from scratch, Hobie's Knives of China, at age 75. His prior work as a professional geologist took Hobie Smith all over the U.S., where he made it a point to hunt and fish. He then uh, wrote all about his outdoors experiences and uh, authored 17 published books on various topics, most related to hunting and fishing. And he's former host of a weekly podcast on this very same network, webtalkradio.net and Hovey Smith is an author of the 2015 book that we'll talk about today, Ideas for New Businesses, Finding Ideas for Starting Your Million or Billion Dollar Business. And hello, Hovey Smith. It's certainly great to have your vast business perspective with us today.
0: Well, I'm certainly very glad to join you.
1: Well, if if someone's fortunate, she or he may already have in mind a great new business concept, But for the rest of us, how best can we uh, come up with some bright new business idea, uh, something that we might be, uh, any suggestions on brainstorming?
0: Sure. Uh, The first thing to do is realize that you already have one of the most important things that you can possess, and that is your own experience and knowledge.
1: That's so true. You have
0: that in hand. So you need only three things more. You only need an idea, and the knowledge of how to properly categorize that idea and separate them into what can work and what won't, and then the perseverance to follow through. And it takes courage to do all four of these things.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Well, in your book you explain that new business concepts come from four general areas. Can you briefly describe for us each of these areas?
0: Yes. Uh, one comes from your own perspective itself, uh, yeah. your own experience, and we've already touched on that. Yeah. Uh, the other comes from the observational experiences uh, that you actually see. Uh, yeah. We walk around through life and we look, but oftentimes we don't really pay attention to what's going on. <laughs>
2: That's so
0: if true. you look and observe, uh, you'll find some business concepts. Really, all around you. Yeah. And the third thing is to take things from others, including myself. Yeah. Uh, I advise my clients to steal shamelessly. Yeah. (laughs) If they see one of my ideas they like, take it and run with it, guys. Yeah. Get gone.
2: As long as it's not patented.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the other and last thing is to, of course, arrange your financing, and something that you can handle yourself within your own current resources.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Well, let's talk about you. At age 75, when most people are long since retired, what inspired you to launch your new venture, Hobie's Knives from China, and where did that business concept come from?
0: Well, it's Hobie's Knives of China, oh, rather I... than from. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's significant, because what I've gone and done is to go back to ancient China from 3,000 years ago, huh. when China had the most advanced civilization in the world. It wouldn't be equaled by the Roman Empire for another 1,000 years. Yeah. And during that time, they made very sophisticated cooking knives and implementaria from bronze. Huh. And I've taken inspiration from these knives, oh. and I'm now making their modern equivalent out of carbon and stainless steel.
2: Oh.
0: So these are really, in effect, new, quote-unquote, uh, knives to the cooking world yeah. that you can cook with a tool that, in fact, hasn't been seen for a millennia.
2: Oh, that's amazing.
1: Well, in your opinion, why is it that so many of us in, in the back of our minds harbor a great idea or two for a new business startup, but we never move forward to bring it into fruition? What's the primary factor that blocks us from moving forward?
0: Well, uh, basically it's self-doubt and lack of courage. Yeah. And that you sort of need to overcome. Uh, now, what I did with Hobies and Eyes of China is to keep things very, very small. Good idea. Uh, I built a forge on my back porch, which I operate basically as an R&D facility, and what I do is make designs. And we do and sell a few custom knives, but that's not the main thrust of it. The thrust of it is to make and sell my new designs to worldwide producers. Yeah. And then make royalty on the designs rather than income from me actually pounding out hundreds of knives, yeah, that, which that I never Yeah, that makes so much sense do.
1: when you leverage the skills of others by selling your ideas to others, and they pay for it rather than uh, trying to do it all yourself.
0: Exactly. And that way, you keep everything under your own roof. All I have to do is go to work and walk out my back door.
2: Yeah, that's a great One commute. part of the house to another. <laughs> yeah.
0: Then I do another interesting thing, and all my advertising is done via YouTube videos.
2: Oh, I see.
0: I've got over 650 of them up. Wow. And 70 of them are about knives. Others of them are about other things I'm interested in, like business development and the environmental uh, aspect of life, yeah. and many other things. Yeah. I'm just, by nature, a very inventive guy and need something to give my inventive instincts some reasonable outlet and hopefully make a little money along the way.
1: Yeah, that makes so much sense. You build a business around your interests and your, your talents rather than try something you have no interest in or no talent for.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. And other hints are to do something that not everybody else in the world is doing.
1: Well, that's true. I don't think there's too many other people that have explored the history of the knives of China and uh, actually gone about constructing those.
0: <laughs> no, uh, but I've been writing, I'm an outdoor writer as yeah. well, and I've been writing about knives for, oh, more than 30 years. Oh, wow. So I'm not inexperienced or unknown in this field that I got in started with, yeah. but I was doing it more out of a hobbyist instinct. Yeah. I also do things with muzzle-loading guns and um, muzzle-loading hunting. As a matter of fact, yeah. I'll be hunting this afternoon.
1: Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> Well, early on in your book on ideas for new businesses, you mentioned two truisms anyone considering a new business startup should keep in mind, and I thought those were great. They make a lot of sense to me. The first one is life is not a graded exercise, which I think
0: <laughs> no, is... that is quite correct.
1: So many of us you know, act as if somebody is up there up somewhere is grading everything we do and... Uh, Judging us, and the second one I love too. Anything worth doing well and done well will draw criticism from someone. (laughs) The more successful a venture, the more you will draw criticism, and that's so true because uh, I think it's generally critics that uh, haven't done something as well as what you are, and they're envious of what you did, so they. uh, they'd rather associate with underachievers and they criticize and try to find things wrong with with your success
0: <laughs> well it is it is intellectually easy and very lazy
1: yes, to criticize anything that's for sure i
0: mean that's that's a very easy path it makes the person doing the criticism sound reasonably intelligent but actually it's it's a, a terrible terrible crutch and one best lost Yeah, that's right. Better to look at something, and even if something is wrong with it, think, how can I make it a better product and make some money from it? Yeah, that's right. Another one of my truisms is there is nothing in human experience that cannot be brought to profit by an inventive mind.
1: That's a good point also.
0: So even though you may be experiencing reverses, okay, Perhaps you yeah. might do a uh, a blog or a radio show or a column or a book or whatever on how you overcame these particular problems. Because there are people who can only hear your message from you. That's a- and it is most true. meaningful from people who've actually lived the experience.
1: And that's such an advantage we have at uh, middle age, and all of us have. 20 or more years of adult experience, and uh, we can teach those younger than us some hard lessons and some some good lessons, I think. That, uh, you know, we rely on that as well as observation. Even so,
0: and better yet, if you can do it with a little bit of humor.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: If you can show them something new that they have not seen before, and uh, above all, uh show that you are indeed human yourself you're not yeah. you're not a god uh, yeah. you're just another guy like themselves yeah. and you do some stupid wonderfully <laughs> humorous things from time to time That's and
2: don't for be sure. afraid to
0: tell people about
1: it i'm very good at showing how stupid i am. <laughs> I agree That's i agree i don't mean that and and I'm really stupid, but I like to uh, point out, you know, that I went through the wilderness 30 years of uh, doing something I didn't really enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, tell people how to avoid doing that's a good example. But, uh, well, regardless uh, what, of
0: current what job. In? What's that? What job were you stuck in?
1: Oh, I was stuck in uh, the field of finance, corporate finance, and it wasn't really, you know, my cup of tea all the way
0: advanced no, I through
1: the ranks and everything. It wasn't what I was really meant to be doing. But regardless of the current job security, why is it always wise to have a new business concept under development? And what does the term under development mean? What the devil, uh, how the devil can you dedicate the time, effort, and financial resources necessary to launch a new business while you continue to uh, give your current job the time and attention it deserves? How do you develop something like that on your spare time?
0: Well, uh, I start my day at two a.m. <laughs>
1: yeah, so you're suggesting we all.
0: <laughs> no, no, but we are all different people.
1: Yeah, that's and true.
2: And
0: we have different work cycles. Yeah. And sometimes that may be the only time you have a wife.
2: That's Other true. times
0: it may be if you are in corporate culture, yeah. and you make long flights to Europe. Yeah. Or China. Australia, that is your time. And that is one of the features of my book, oh. Ideas for New Businesses, Oh, is that it allows you to take a small book with you. Uh, this is more a pamphlet size than book. Yeah. And I actually gives you some pages on the inside where you can write down your own ideas and think about them on these trips. Oh, I see. Then when you go on the next trip, you pick up the book again, uh, you read some more, you think some more, you add some more ideas, and you use this valuable time, which is oftentimes for an executive, the only time they really have to themselves yeah. to capture these ideas. And the significant reason that it's done in the old-fashioned way in pen and paper yeah. is that no company can claim ownership.
1: <laughs> no, no uh... It's
0: not in their computer. Yeah. It's not on their phone. Yeah. It's not done in their anything.
1: And no Those hackers can get into your yours. computer, to st- into your uh, notebook to steal your idea either.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there is still uh, some legal as well as practical reasons for doing this on pen and paper. Yeah. Now, if you're a younger fellow and just starting out, and high school even, and you think there's something you want to do, and I encourage people even in high school to get started. And then when they go to college, when they have these resources around them, and maybe yeah. luckily on a state scholarship if they happen to be yeah. from Georgia and make yeah. good grades in high school, take business courses as well. Yeah. Supplement what you need. Test this idea. See if they reach the criteria. See if it's really new. Yeah. If it's really something you can make money at, yeah. and not a little bit of money. No. You know, if it's a business is not going to return a million dollars, it's not worth the doing, guys.
1: Well, that's a good point. So many but, people lose their it horizon. takes the same
0: energy to start a small one as it does a big one. So you might as well go for the big payoff.
1: <laughs> that's for sure.
0: And so think big. Look at your ideas. See where they are. See where they can go. See what you can need. Now, you are not expected to have all of the talent you need all in one person, meaning no. you. But... Find other people who share your vision, yeah, who can join you, who know more about particular subject areas than you do. If they don't, you don't need them.
1: No, but and that's such a crucial, uh, that's such them a around crucial part of uh, developing a new business is to recruit those associates who are good at right. things you're not good at.
0: And then once you get out of college... Work for some other people for years. Keep contact with your sources. Oh, that's keep true. developing your sources a little bit along. Yeah, keep things moving, keep things going, and then when you finally think you're ready, go and do it.
1: Yeah, well, that's a great advice for our sons and daughters in college. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, so many, uh, so few, I think, students really. Think about the practical aspects of, you know, they're all socializing in the fraternities and sororities and concentrating on their grades. And uh, if they could just keep an eye out for entrepreneurial ventures, and then there are people like uh, the founder of Facebook that just drop out of school and make billions.
0: (laughs) Well, Silicon Valley is full of stories like this. Yeah. You know, people who started their initial concepts in college. Yeah. And then are now founded businesses in decades that are worth billions of dollars.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Well, let's talk a little bit about your acclaimed 2015 book, Ideas for New Businesses, Finding Ideas for Starting Your Million or Billion Dollar Business. After publishing numerous books on subjects related to recreational hunting and fishing and other subjects, what inspired you to write a new book on this totally unrelated subject, Ideas for New Businesses? Well, that's uh.
0: Not unusual for me. Uh, Among other things, I wrote four of the first books ever published on AIDS.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention that. That's another amazing example. uh, You had no medical background. uh, So
0: starting off on on new topics and having the courage to investigate them uh, is, you know, that that sort of leap is nothing new for me, and keeps me excited about living.
1: Yeah, that's that's. Such a good point that exploring a new area that you have interest in but uh, maybe no real knowledge of is a great way to uh, keep expanding your horizons, whatever your age.
0: Indeed, uh, one of the worst things done to mankind ever is the, uh, in many ways, is the union shop. Yeah. And that mentality.
2: Yeah, I know. That a
0: person is stuck doing one job in one narrow particular field for his entire life and is unfit for doing anything else.
1: And don't be too innovative because you might impinge on somebody else. That's in your
0: Precisely. <laughs> and that is that has beat the entrepreneurial spirit out of many, many, many people. Yes, that's uh, so it true. It dates from the old medieval guild system, of course, and was yeah. no better at that. Uh, so people... Uh, are by nature curious, and they should take their curiosity to whatever limits they care to explore it. Amen. And if there's money to be made at the end of it, yeah, so much the better, and oh. much fun to be had along the way.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Where best should we go to obtain your uh, 2015 book, Ideas for New Businesses?
0: Oh, you can get it from Amazon.com any day. Oh, I see. And uh, any other uh, of the online book retailers?
1: Yeah. You so, uh, also uh, you have a website as well that people could go to. Why don't you sure. give us that?
0: Uh www.hobiesmith.com.
1: Oh that's simple enough. That's H O V E Y and everyone knows how to spell Smith. Right. <laughs>
0: and, uh no, we don't we don't try to make things uh terribly hard to find. And if you're interested in Hobie's Knives of China, um uh, uh we have a dot com.
1: Oh. Okay. Well, you also, I know you contain links to 20 YouTube videos that uh, take the viewer from initial concept to final uh, disposition. I think that's another good point you make. When you're planning a business, you should always be planning for how you're going to dispose of it eventually because so many people fail to do that, and then they don't get the full payoff that they, they might have gotten.
0: Yeah, a lot of things can happen adversely in that and uh I know of some people in the outdoor business, for example, who who sold their company and retained on a time payout situation. Yeah. Oh. Which sounded pretty good, but uh the uh the guys who bought it mismanaged it and quickly ran it into bankruptcy oh, and they got it back with a load of debt that oh. they actually didn't incur and it ultimately failed a second time.
1: Yeah, well that's horrible. Well, in conclusion, I'll bet, uh, like me, you've heard more than a few friends and acquaintances uh, daydreaming about someday being their own boss, starting a business. But I'll also bet that at best, maybe one out of ten actually went forward to develop the idea and launch the business. And you may want out of your present job because it makes you miserable, or maybe you have no choice because corporate downsizing or a new technology, your job is about to go away. And here's another reason you older baby boomers may wish to launch a business. Since retiring, you are either bored or lonely, and you long for a challenge to fill up your life. Uh, and the uh, routine contact you have from uh, doing business. Were you aware that 20% of older Americans live alone, causing what the CDC calls an epidemic of loneliness? Second only to obesity, uh, that reduces longevity for our aging population. And to stay alive and kicking, you may very well want to consider launching a new business, uh, an activity that keeps you active, tuned in, and energetic. And as I mentioned before, Hobie Smith started his latest business at age 75, and he assures us that doing low-cost, one-person business with significant economic potential is now a realistic possibility in the latter stages of middle age, and it's always best to have an idea at your exposure in case uh, your regular job should go away. And at any age, it's always wise to have new uh, venture ideas in mind. And I highly recommend you go to Hobie Smith's website, hobiesmith.com and preview his new, uh, business uh, ideas for businesses book. And, uh, also those 20 YouTube video coaching ideas, uh, on, uh, developing a business. And I speak from personal experience. Even if you don't make a ton of money, the positive challenge and intellectual uh, pursuit of a startup venture is a great way to stay young and sharp. And thanks to me and Hobie Smith for joining us here today.
0: You're quite welcome.
1: And now let's uh, all go for uh, our very own fountain of youth Uh think about uh, developing that new business that will keep you young and active. Well, like me, I'm certain you were inspired by today's guest, Hobie Smith. How many of us are going to start a new business like Hobie did at age 75 or get up at 2 a.m. every morning to work on it? <laughs> but, of course, you and I are not uh, required to start a new business, Uh after we retire, unless that's something we really want to do. Perhaps your passion is a meaningful hobby, something you've always wanted to spend with uh, more time on, uh, maybe volunteering in your church or community, or helping out with the grandkids. Whatever you choose to do during your golden years, when you reach that golden retirement age, here are a couple thoughts to always keep in mind. First of all, you are retiring from your job, not from life. That's something so many people unfortunately forget and have a miserable time after they retire. And second, you remain a wonderfully created, highly unique human being with your very own portfolio of talents, And those talents have been refined by 40 or more years of adult living, something that really can't be replaced. And uh, whoever, uh, uh, whoever is in your life, you are very important to someone, be it your spouse, your life partner, your kids, your grandkids, maybe close friends or folks in your community. And to close today's program, I want to talk briefly to you baby boomers, And once again, baby boomers are defined as anyone born between 1946 and 1964. I don't know how they come up with these precise definitions, uh, but we'll leave that to the uh, sociologists, whoever does that. Despite the fact that all of you are now over 50, many of you are retired. An article by Paul Davison in the July 17, 2017 edition of USA Today reminds you that the economy is still about who else boomers you baby boomers and your elders the so-called silent generation born before or during world war ii still make up an outside share of consumer spending believe it or not and all we uh, and we all need to remain active and uh, continue to spend some of that money to help drive the economy You know, uh, the article I was referring to in USA Today begins, Hey, advertisers, take a break from fixating on millennials and check out the boomers who make uh, up a growing share of consumer spending. The trend has significant implications, as the article points out, not only for the biggest brands that are missing out on a lucrative audience, but for an economy that continues to trudge along at a modest pace, It's uh, helping fuel a shift in household spending from retail goods, Lord knows we have enough of those, to services spurring more job growth but weaker worker output and it's contributing to the woes of retailers such as Macy's and Sears. doesn't seem like every week they announce they're closing to more stores. You know, the 50-plus and 60-plus population is clearly playing a large role in consumer spending, and older consumers are going to become even more significant as uh, these trends intensify, says Wayne Best, chief economist of Visa, and I guess he should know what's going on in the retail Uh, Sector In the first quarter, Americans 55 and older accounted for 41.6% of consumer spending, up from 33.5% in 2007, according to the government and Moody's data. Tossed in 53- and 54-year-olds, and the Boomer and Older set comprise about half of all consumption. And here's the joke. Advertisers focus their campaign almost exclusively on the millennials. Says uh, Marshall Cohen, Chief Industry Analyst for NPD Group, a consulting firm on consumer behavior and retail, and the fastest growing segment is the boomer consumer. <laughs> you know, you all have a higher level of discretionary spending power. The big brands, he says, uh, assume that millennial targeted ads will also uh, propel you boomers who aspire toward perennial youthfulness. Now, come on, we're not really that foolish. (laughs) We know we're not a youth anymore, and we have our own taste. We don't have to just be influenced by what the millennials are doing. You boomers who aspire toward perennial youthfulness are hopefully few and far between. And uh, Cohen says that misses the mark because older adults have different needs and I might add different aspirations as well. Instead, he says, the company should tailor separate campaigns to different age groups. Amen. I'm tired of seeing all these ads for young kids all the time, unless there's some kind of hemorrhoid medication or something like that. Then they have us oldsters in there. Uh, You know, you boomers have distinctive uh, spending patterns. You're buying fewer cars, shirts, and TVs, and you're shelling out more for services such as health care, travel, and entertainment. Consumers age 50-plus accounted for 57% of credit spending at hotels last year, according to Visa, and an example, Karen Ellers, 64, a retired information technology manager, drives an 11-year-old Nissan Altima and has scaled back her retail purchases. This wise lady says, I don't need to spend money on business clothes, don't need any more jewelry, don't really need any new furniture. Uh, she lives in uh, Peach Street Corner, Georgia, and that's uh, what... was quoted as saying, but she says she's spending a lot more on medical premiums, an unfortunate uh, aspect, by the way, of what's going on in the world. And while she's still making a couple of uh, week-long visits each year to Las Vegas, she's also added annual trips to places like Ottawa, Canada, as well as a few overnight stays in North Carolina. And here's what we older adults, why we're so important to the economy. Uh, there's lots of us, first of all. The 90.7 million Americans 55 and older last year made up 28% of the population, according to the Census Bureau. And in 2000, there were only 59.3 million of us. So in just 17 years, we've almost uh, well, nearly doubled in the number of people over 50 and we're working longer. Americans are healthy and living longer, allowing many of us to work into our 60s or even our 70s, and that shift has been buttressed by the decline of physically demanding occupations in fields like manufacturing and construction and the spread of white-collar jobs requiring college degrees, at least a lot of them do. at the same time, some of us are coming back into the workforce after our nest eggs were hammered by the stock market and the housing crashes of the late 2000s. And all told, 38.7% of all 55 and older Americans are employed, a share that has risen steadily from only 30% in 1997, according to the Labor Department and AARP. And when you think about it, we got lucky. Many of us boomers entered the workforce during the robust economic expansions of the 1970s and 1980s, allowing us to land good jo- first jobs and advance in our careers steadily. And despite the uh, stock sell-off and the Great Recession, we uh, benefited from the long bull market of the 80s and 90s and the market's recovery since 2009, and in two thousand and thirteen, the latest census data available the median net worth of households ended up by fifty five to sixty four year olds including or excluding home equity was sixty six thousand 047, up from fifty one thousand oh twenty six in two thousand five that doesn 't sound like a hair of a lot, but that 's a very good increase, and that of course doesn't include the home equity which so many of us have, which we can even tap into through reverse mortgages or whatever you know many millennials by contrast struggle to get jobs out of high school and college or took positions for which they were overqualified during and after the economic downturn and a lot of them are stuck in jobs less than they're qualified for we're sorry about that but that uh, increases our responsibility to keep the economy going the bottom line a vast number of us fifty and over have ample buying power and solid finances isn't it time we put together sensible long-range financial plans which includes spending some money to make sure we have joyful, productive, and fulfilling second half of life, spending ample resources to have a good time while we always keep uh, funds in reserve for potential uh, long-term care or health emergency. We obviously need to do that. Beyond uh, your uh, friends, spread the wealth around for the benefit of yourself and for others beyond those emergency funds. And, hey, boomers, the U.S. economy remains dependent on you, so spend your money uh, wisely but generously, uh, not foolishly, obviously. After all, everyone knows you can't take it with you. And don't forget my book, All About Midlife Renewal, In your 40s, 50s, and 60s, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through our website, middleagerenewal.com. And that's our show for today. Join us on our next program when we'll talk about recharging your career at midstream. Uh, Most apropos... uh, title as we charge back into the fall season and get back down to business talk to you soon on middle age can be your best age you've been listening to middle age can be your best age hosted by roy richards an expert on midlife renewal and author of
0: both a midlife challenge wake up and wake up captain and crew restart your engines you can learn more about roy and his middle age renewal training system by visiting his website middleagerenewal.com